Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And coming up, we will talk about the NBA Finals. Joining us to do that will be Stephen Cameron from the Close Up Magic Podcast. He's standing by in the virtual green room and will join us here in just a moment. But first, a couple of other items to take note of. Just one game left in the Stanley Cup Final. It's winner take all. St. Louis Blues, Boston Bruins tomorrow night on Wednesday. We're recording on Tuesday this week. And uh, boy, there is nothing better than Game 7 playoff hockey, especially for the Stanley Cup. Uh, the intensity in playoff hockey is 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 just more riveting than any other sport. And I'm a casual hockey fan. You know, I mean, I'm a football guy first, basketball, but Boy, watching playoff hockey is tremendous. And, uh, you know, I'm rooting for St. Louis because they've never won. Not that I don't dislike Boston, although it'd be okay if that region of the country didn't win another championship. But uh, it'll be fun to watch. And, of course, uh, get to hear the great Doc Emmerich covering it for NBC. He is one of the absolute best play-by-play guys in the business. Women's World Cup underway, and the United States, a baker's dozen on Thailand this afternoon. 13 to nothing. <laughs> oh, man. That's a, that's a, that is a blowout of all proportions in soccer. Alex Morgan, the Orlando Pride, five goals and three assists. So she figured it on eight of the goals, which is a record. And, uh, boy, you know, a lot of folks are saying, hey, man, they should have let up, not uh, run up the score. Let's not apologize for anything there. You know, just get get to it. If you don't want them to score 13, you have to try to stop them. And that's just the way it is. And uh, hopefully the U.S. women's team has managed to save a few goals for upcoming games. And we are set to talk the NBA Finals. And joining us now is Stephen Cameron from the Close Up Magic Podcast to do just that. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing very well, Jeff. Thanks for having me on tonight. How are you? I'm doing great. So uh, here we are. The Golden State Warriors managed to force a game six. They lose Kevin Durant in his return in the process. Uh, But a gritty, gritty win. I guess you can always say never question the heart of a champion, right? Oh, for sure. It was... Fantastic game in general, but what a what a heartbreaking situation the Warriors are in right now and Kevin Durant and everything. It's just uh, emotionally, I'm a little crushed for them living out here in Oakland, being a Magic fan. I, I know how much the city really does enjoy the team and the winning that they have going on and, and how much Kevin Durant means to this team. And uh, a little bit of a heartbreaker there, even though they continue to live on another game. Yeah, and what a uh, another great performance. You know, it's great to have Curry and Thompson that can just fill it up uh, when you need it, especially when you need it the most. For sure. The question is, can they do that two more games? Mm-hmm. So, That's the hard part. Yeah, so, you know, Toronto now has to go back out west. Does the pressure now shift to them? It's sometimes some, when a team's up 3-1 the, and they lose a tough game like that, who knows? 
You know, I I was listening to a little bit of some content this morning, and it, some of the stuff I was listening to was about yesterday before the game happened. And I think it may have been Jalen Rose or, or someone else. They were talking about how really Toronto had the pressure yesterday at Game 5 to win it all then. And now that it's not there anymore, uh, or now that they lost that, it anything can happen. They're coming back to Oracle where they're going to have home home advantage. They also have – it's Oracle's last game. Like this – they won't play another basketball game in this arena again. Uh, they're moving to San Francisco next year. So the crowd is going to be lit as the younger crowd say these days. It's going to be insane. And then, you know, going back, if, it, if, they, if the Warriors pull it off and they bring back to Game 7 in Toronto, Game 7, anything can happen. Anything can happen on a game seven. So I don't know. I, I think Toronto had the pressure yesterday, but now they really got the pressure. They got two more chances to try and lock up their first championship win. And it's, it's uh it's a toss up. I, I'm going to make my prediction now. I actually think Toronto will take it. Um, and there's a good chance they'll take it on, I believe Thursday for, mm-hmm. for game yeah. six. But honestly, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we saw, saw this go to seven games. What do you think? So, yeah, I tell you what, um, it's it's one of those things where you know a team kind of steals a little bit of momentum uh, in in winning a tough game and and facing the adversity they face. So that's one of those situations they might be able to take advantage of. Now, what do you think about the? A lot has been made of the timeout Nick Nurse called with the lead and feeling like that broke the momentum, but you know we also had Kawhi just run it on fumes. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. That's one of those, for, for me, I think, and now I'm not a head coach and there's a reason I'm not a head coach, <laughs> but I'm always of the opinion, if there's some solid momentum going on, let the players play. And, you know, Nick Nurse is a rookie head coach and this is his first time in the finals himself. And I, I sort of agree with the critics right now. I feel like he should have let them play. They had momentum going. Kawhi was on a tear on another level and, you know, another bucket or two could have completely changed the whole, the whole way of the game. So Golden State has already built a legacy as a dynasty. Now, what status do they elevate to if they manage to pull off a 3-1 finals comeback? I honestly think if, if they pull this off, this is one of the greatest comebacks in history, just as, just as much as the comeback we saw with LeBron James and the Cavaliers the other year. Um, just with all the health issues they've had, they... Kevin Durant, he, he's played a quarter and a half for the entire finals, the second best player or, or possibly the first best player in the entire league right now. Um, you know, they're one of the best shooting guards the NBA has ever seen. And Clay Thompson is not 100 percent is injured, missed a game. Uh, there's, you know, one of their key pieces in uh, Kevon Looney. Uh, being out now, granted, I think they gave him the okay to play in game four and he will not injure himself any worse than he currently is as far as his current injury. But uh, if they come back and to win the whole thing, it's what a storyline, what a way for this team to end it in Oakland. What a way to come back from, you know, the, yeah, the Raptors are beat up, but for the most part, they're, they're a healthy team. They're not missing any of their key players. Um, I, it's, it's to me, it's one of the, the better stories in history for, for the NBA. Do you think Steve Kerr gets enough credit for what he's done? Steve Kerr? Yeah. Oh, 
No, not at all. Um, so I just launched a an expansion of my podcast. Uh, do a little plug here called uh, it's an expansion for a full website called theclosupmagic.com. And we just released an article that one of the writers wrote that is all about how Steve Kerr, Aaron Gordon, um, even even Terrence Ross all got snubbed. You know, we had the Orlando Magic had one of the best uh, season records flop in 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 the league last year. The only other team that had better that was close to us, and they were one game behind us, were the Milwaukee Bucks. And for Steve Clifford to not get a to not get enough credit. Wait, we're talking about the Magic now, right? No, no, we're still talking about uh, the Golden the Warriors. State Warriors. You yes. said Kerr. I'm flipping to the Magic. I'm sorry about that. Hey, that's uh, all right. Steve no Kerr get enough credit. You know, I don't think. Same answer. I don't think he does. I don't think he gets enough credit. He's got to manage this, balance it all together. Um, you know, keep these guys in line. You know, at some point when you're coaching all stars, you know, you're you're not necessarily controlling what's being played on the court. You're more managing how it's, you know, managing the timeouts, managing the rotations. And that's all pretty crucial. And, and he does a pretty good job of that. Do I, I don't think he gets enough credit, but also I do. Sometimes I think he gets too much credit. It's kind of a weird, I flip my opinion on that almost every other day, every other game I watch him play. Sometimes I think people aren't giving him enough credit. And then there's days I'm like, man, you're coaching. You got Kevin Durant, you got two time MVP, you know, first unanimous MVP and Stephen Curry. You got Clay Thompson. You got DeMarcus Cousins. These are all stars. Um, You know, how much coaching does he really need to do? So there's an argument to both sides of that. Yeah, no doubt. So let's get to the magic now. And uh, (laughs) sorry about that. You said, Steve, and I'm just I'm thinking of my team, Orlando. Hey, that's all right. You know, that's uh, one of the other reasons why we have you on on the program today. So let's talk about how they head into the offseason. What do you think are the the key things that have to happen for the magic to continue the momentum they built this season? Well, they got to decide what direction they want to go as a team. They really do. So there's. There's no doubt that anyone can deny the what Nikola Vucevic brought to the Orlando Magic and his accomplishments as an individual player and what he does for this team. But there's also this gigantic question mark to where, you know, he's 27-ish now and on, you know, probably about the prime of his career and the rest besides one or two other vets, the rest of this team, the main core of this team, no one's over the age of 23. So the timelines are a bit different. And Nikola Vucevic, the team sort of has a ceiling with where it can get to. And can that ceiling be much better than what we got this year, an eighth seed, can, you know, maybe a seventh seed? Uh, it, I don't know. I don't really know if we can get much better than a seventh, eighth seed with Nikola Vucevic as our center. So they got to decide if they see long-term with Nikola Vucevic or if they want to move on. I believe they're going to give him a competitive offer, um, but probably what makes the difference is the amount of years. I think it'll be competitive for about two to three years, but personally, I think Nikola Vucevic is going to look for a four-year deal, and I don't know if the Orlando Magic are going to give that to him because we do have Mo Bamba that the front office is extremely high on and has a lot of faith in to develop into our next starting center. Um, and, and if we keep Nikola Vucevic on the team with Mo Bamba, there's probably a scenario where they can both thrive and survive. But 
that scenario probably probably isn't as um, freeing from Obamba as the scenario with him not being on the team. So they need to decide how much they're going to throw at Nikola Vucevic. Um, you know, outside of that, if they if they decide to retain Vooch at some level, you know, and and re- and retain Ross, they don't have a lot of flexibility. They'll have the mid level exception, which will be roughly. $9 million, $10 million to spend. That's a decent rotation player for sure. You could probably get a, a starting caliber player, low-end starting caliber player for that. Um, definitely a really nice bench player or six-type man player for that. But they're not going to have a lot of options. The Orlando Magic are pretty uh, cap-tied with their with salary cap right now. They, they don't have a lot of options with that. They have um, Timothy Mozgov taking up $16 million on the books. They got Evan Fournier two more years at $17 million each. They got Aaron Gordon, who I believe his salary now is closer to $19-20 million. It goes down every year. Um, and then if you bring back Vooch on a you know, three-year, $22 million deal, um, and Ross somewhere around probably $11 to $14 million, somewhere in that range, probably closer to 14 that doesn't give you a lot of room for flexibility. So you're really hoping the biggest improvement that that team can make is personal development with Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Aaron Gordon can take up that next step. If he can be that more consistent scoring threat that he's shown the potential to be. Um, so that the, the magic, they got a really tough situation ahead of them right now. Um, there is a curveball where they renounce everyone. They renounce Terrence Ross. They renounced Nikola Vucevic. That clears their cap holds for those players. Then they stretch Timothy Mozgov and either trade away Evan Fournier or DJ Augustine, and that will get you close to, to a max space. And at that point, do you roll the dice and go after a Kemba Walker or a D'Angelo Russell, something like that. Um, I don't know if that's what I would do. I feel like that would strip a lot of the team of a, a lot of the the nice complimentary assets that we have with this team if we only have a bunch of young guys and D'Angelo Russell who who are the rest of the filler players I don't know uh, that's a really hard question but again I'm not a GM so I'm thankful that I'm not the one making that decision uh, you know there's all obviously trade situations that could happen if if uh, Memphis decides to draft Ja Morant, do they do they make Mike Conley available? That's a that's a prospect that some people are interested in trading for. Uh, there's a couple different ways that this front office could make it happen. Personally, what do I expect? I expect to see one of Nikola Vucevic or Terrence Ross back. I don't know if we'll see both of them. Um, that'll give us a little bit more flexibility to go after some free agents. The free agent class isn't great the next two years. Uh, so I'm sort of hoping they kind of can make a, a somewhat of a splash this summer and and sign someone that 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 could be a long term piece of this this team. Who do you think the Magic should target in the draft? A scorer, someone <laughs> that can get buckets. Um, so one of my favorite scorers right now, who doesn't necessarily have the he, I think he's the kind of high highest boom or bust player. I think if he makes it, he's going to be fantastic, um, which is Romeo Langford. Long, athletic guy. He can really get to the bucket nicely. He's got strong finishes. Uh, his jumper is a little 
was a little shaky in college, but he's tough. The reason why I'm not as worried about that is he's tough. He's been playing this entire season with a, a hurt hand that he just had surgery on, um, and which was his shooting hand. And apparently he shot a lot better in high school. Um, he's kind of that boomer bust guy that I really like. Um, a guy that I, there's two players that I think can come in and make immediate impacts that have NBA ready skills now. And these are not necessarily scores, but shooters. You have uh, Tyler Hero, who actually just worked out for the Magic recently in the last day or so. Um, the front office really likes him. Yeah, I think he played for Kentucky, shoots the ball really, really well. The you know the Magic theme theme is wingspan. He does not have exactly the largest wingspan, um, but he can shoot the ball. The Magic front office like him. They even took him out to dinner, I believe, uh, over the weekend before they gave him his full draft workout. Which front offices usually do that kind of stuff with players they're really high on. Um, so they did that with Tyler Hero, and they also did that with Nikhila Walker Alexander. He is probably second or third on my list of prospects that I would really be happy if the Magic drafted. He's just a really well-rounded scoring um, wing. He can get to the basket nicely. He's got a nice shot. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but, you know, realistically, yeah, any player that you draft in the draft can become a starter, an all-star. We all hear the stories with Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, Draymond Green. Um, but realistically, these guys are most likely going to just be a solid role player, whether that's just a nice complimentary starter or like a sixth, seventh man. And I think uh, Nikhila Alexander-Walker could really be that guy. Um, I kind of skipped over that second person that I said had a NBA-ready skill set, and that guy is Cameron Johnson. Um, and he is just – he's a little on the older side, so I'm a little pessimistic about that. He's 23 but he's probably the best shooter in the draft, in my opinion. So those are four prospects to keep your eyes on. There's a couple other um, players out there that the Magic could definitely draft, but those are the four guys that I'm sort of really keeping my eyes on and that I hear the most kind of rumblings about throughout the team. Um, a lot of mock drafts have us taking Langford. Uh, we just had uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Tyler Hero in, and Cameron Johnson came in last week. So... There's definitely some, you know, some good opportunity for us to draft someone that can really help out this team in the next couple of years. All right, so let's get back to Steve Clifford. So, you know, when the season was chugging along and it was looking like the same old story again, and they got a kick started, it made the run and got into the playoffs. You know, what what do you think is the testament to how Steve Clifford got this team to where they were this year? A lot of people hate this word, but he built the culture. He taught these players not just how to play basketball, but how to play winning basketball. He tightened up a lot of the fundamentals. He got them to stop making a lot of turnovers with the ball. That was one of the biggest things he did. Protect the ball. Protect. Don't don't give it to the other team away for nothing. Uh, make them work for it. So he taught them how to play together, how to play fundamental basketball, and taught them how to win and that's really impressive because we've seen complete chaos for the last seven years uh you know a couple decent streaks here and there uh clifford had a or uh, vogel had a little streak so did scott skiles but you know i think the difference is 
in my opinion, Steve Clifford is a perfect combination between Frank Vogel and Scott Skiles. He brings the toughness, toughness of Skiles, but he brings the player uh, personality where they can relate with him in a way um, and kind of blends the two together. And that really helps bring a lot of trust with the team. And I think that's really what it was. You could see it on these guys' faces. Not Even on bad nights when they lost, like the team was together. They, they were emotionally together. And that's something we didn't see in years past. And I, I really give that credit to to Steve Clifford and and really he's the biggest and best addition that this front office with Jeff Weltman and John Hammond they've they've acquired is Steve Clifford in my opinion um now can Steve Clifford bring this team to a championship that I don't know Steve Clifford might have a ceiling as a coach too but can he make us a consistent playoff team year after year I truly believe he was the right choice well, you mentioned Weltman and Hammond, and what what a great job they've done because they had a lot to do to fix yes. fix this basketball team. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, Rob Hannigan did not exactly leave them a a nice thing to work with. They had a lot of cleanup. Yeah. So, close up magic. You mentioned you've got some expansion plans. Tell us more about that. Yeah, the the expansion I talked about earlier. I guess I was just too excited. Um, so this week, actually, on Monday, the tenth, we launched the expansion of the podcast to a full website, where we have a handful of writers working for us now. Um, we're putting out magic content that is, you know, none of us are claiming to be experts. Um, I'm not an insider by any means right now. Um, you know, I, I do the internet searching, searching and and asking questions to people that I know um, and, and just trying to find out information just like anyone else. So we bring it from a non-insider, a non-traditional point of view where we're writing from a fan perspective, from an outsider perspective. Uh, you know, we're peeking in the glass, just just writing our thoughts. And, you know, we, we give our writers a bit more freedom. There's not a lot of censorship. They can really write what they want um, and, and really give their full opinions on whatever. So you're going to see some flair. You're going to see some opinionated pieces. Um, but we got some good content up right now. We got four, four articles up with a fifth one coming up. We got a draft article getting ready to launch tomorrow, um, which will be June 12th, depending on when you guys hear this. Then we have a article all about snubs where I just started talking about that earlier. We got an article about people trying the magic trying to find their leadership within the team and a few other pieces. So, you know, I highly recommend anyone to go check it out. Um, you know, and again, we're just we're trying to build the community. This this website isn't trying to compete with Orlando Magic Pinstripe Post or Orlando Magic Daily or the Orlando Sentinel or any other team that covers the magic. We we're just here to continue to build and grow the community as the magic continue to grow and develop as a team. That sounds good. So look for that. And uh, where can the folks follow you on Twitter? So you can follow me at Steven, S-T-E-P-H-E-N 0610. And that's my personal Twitter Twitter handle. Or you can follow the the website, the show at The Close Up Magic. All right, Steven Cameron. active on both of those. Sir, thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. All right, appreciate it. Good night. All right, so make sure you check out Steven's work with this podcast and his brand new website. And as you can hear, I've uh, broken out one of the golden oldies, NBC's NBA theme music. I led into the interview with the my favorite 
version, which is the CBS 1980s NBA theme music. And interestingly enough, as I was uh, you know looking these theme songs up on the internet, the interweb, I came across something from the 70s with, for CBS. It was very unusual. It's probably the only sports theme, network sports theme, that is actually with vocals. Give it a listen. Give it all you got. Take your very best shot. And may the best team win. The time is now. The name of the game is action. They're on the floor and they're ready to score. So let the game begin. And let's see how the ball's gonna bounce today. Yeah, very up with people like, isn't it? Very jingly, you know. It's kind of like in that era, you know, like the commercials were were very jingle heavy, like Metropolitan Life, United Airlines, you know, fly the fly the friendly skies. Very interesting. Uh, <laughs> brings a smile to my face as well, and also is further evidence of how old as dirt I am. A few more items before we close it out. So. uh little dust up between the Dodgers' Max Muncy and the Giants' Madison Bumgarner. So Muncy took him deep. Madison didn't like the fact that he uh, watched his home run sail into the water. Now, I think Bumgarner was more rankled at the umpire because he had a couple pitches he thought were strikes that weren't called and... I guess he took it out on Muncie as far as, you know, voicing his displeasure. And, you know, Muncie's demonstration was pretty tame by a lot of standards. I mean, he, you know, and again, I think a lot's being made of, you know, guys with bat flips and things like that. And, you know, and I was talking about it with a coworker at my day job today. And he said, you know, baseball is like the only sport where you're not allowed to show your emotion or at least your, you know, thought of showing showing a guy up. Whereas, you know, football, you can celebrate. Basketball, everybody kind of celebrates. You know, you know, it's fine for these guys to be excited when they make a big play. You know, as long as you're not, like, you know, gesturing and pointing at the guy that you, you took deep, then, you know, what's the harm? And I like Muncie's response. <laughs> you don't want me to run? Go get the ball out of the ocean. <laughs> Very nicely done. College World Series this weekend, and boy, what a great story that Florida State's Mike Martin retiring after this season after 40 years as the baseball coach would be a great send-off if he could take his team all the way. They've been there several times and haven't been able to capture the crown. Maybe this year they've got a little destiny working their way. I'll be sure to catch my other podcast, the AAC Report, over on the Nightline Sports Network this week. Uh, it'll, I 
probably drop tomorrow. Uh, Dave, Bubba, and Kyle from the Sports Objective in North Carolina talking about East Carolina's uh, terrific season where they come up just short of making the College World Series. Uh, had to had to battle through their regional in dramatic fashion to get to the Super Regional, but they uh, got blown out twice by Louisville over the weekend. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. You can uh, click on the tab, subscribe at jeffallensportstalk.com. Find your favorite flavor of where you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, if it's out there on a podcast platform, we're we're pretty much on most of them. So be sure to uh, do that. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Kramer Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. It's made from the finest ingredients so it stops itching, heals hot spots, and painful inflamed skin. Kramer Salve contains a proprietary blend of neem, an ingredient known for its healing properties. A 4-ounce 6-month supply, including shipping, is just $30, and the 2-ounce 3-month supply, including shipping, is only $20. Help your dog end the itch and hot spot cycle. Order today at KramerSalve.net. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E. LVE.net.